No, I listen to it all the time. I tell all my friends to smack it raw. podcast contains mature content the views and opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the host listener discretion is advised ladies and gentlemen welcome to the smack and raw podcast episode 188 i am your host the warden matt ritter i am here with my co-host who is on time this week daddy delgado himself daddy's home clearly, and on time this time <laughs> clearly home he's not in heaven this week we've got a couch we've got a chair we can see the tv yeah oh there's some definition behind you you're settled yeah, in. Yeah. You're officially moved in now. Yes. Uh, Wednesday, I officially moved in. I have my furniture moved in, everything. I just have to finish unpacking some small little trinkets here and there. So what you're telling me is when this episode ends and you get up and take your pants off and go into the bedroom, there's actually a bed for you to sleep on. Yes, you don't have to put correct. your pants back on and drive somewhere else. Well, what I did is I ended up getting uh, getting my mattress over. So I had the mattress on the floor for a minute. And I was still sleeping here, but I didn't have the bed frame and the box screen and the whole base foundation. I had to order that separately. So okay. I'm like, because I wanted to get a brand new one. The old one I had, it was just kind of like, eh. yeah. So new place, new furniture, new foundation, new vents. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. Well, as we do, we're going to kick off the show and ask you guys a couple of things, actually. Um, one, please go check out the Black Lives Matter t-shirts over at whatamaneuver.com. Vince has the hoodie on, uh, created by our friends over at youngkingswrestling.com. Beautiful logo, and the money that is received from the purchase of the shirts is put into a fund, which is then donated to causes, um, people who need the money to get the justice, um, the assistants that have lost family members due to police brutality and crimes against uh, African-Americans. So it does not go to the Black Lives Matter organization, but the money is put in the hands of the people that need it and mm-hmm. are going to use it to do the right thing. So please go do that because, again, it is still a thing. Like, nothing has changed. Just because it's not talked about doesn't mean everything's okay and everything's better. It's not. And also, we uh, talked about stop the Asian hate um last yes. week justin said that there's an organization that you guys can go to and donate um there to help support it um so we ask that you guys do that like take the time to research the organizations that you're donating your money in but put your money if you're going to donate money towards something a cause that is for the betterment of society like um we need to stop these hate crimes uh, we need to help the people that are affected by these hate crimes. And there is no better thing you can do with your money than put it in the hands of the people that are trying to help the people that are affected by the hate crimes or get laws instituted or do things to erase these hate crimes. Um, mm-hmm. it, it needs to stop, plain and simple. 
Definitely. For sure, man. I can't have said it better myself. Um, got anything to add before we get into news and rumors? Uh, no, nah, man. I, I, I feel like you kind of said it. Uh, kind of said it all. Like, it's just like figure out who you're donating to, making sure you're putting your money in with the right people and it's actually being used to help the right organization the right people out not only with like the black lives matter stuff but also with the stop the asian hate like just stop being like racist and a dick in general please like just why can't we just love everybody you know and that uh that place that you can go is the aapi organization um so please go check that out. You can search AAPI, um, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders organizations. Um, definitely go check that out. Uh, yeah. If you Google stop the Asian hate or stop the Asian hate organizations, mm. they will give you places to go where you can support that community. Um, so please just go check that out. And to make it easier, we'll go ahead and we'll make a post on the Instagram page and maybe even the Twitter page and have give you links. Yes. Uh, Instagram's kind of bogus where you can't just click on the link, but you can copy and paste the link and then just they'll take you straight to where you need to go. Well, if it helps out, we'll make the awareness. We'll broaden the awareness and we'll make posts so you guys know where to go. Absolutely. All right, we don't have a whole lot for news and rumors this week. Um, so if I if you got something that I don't talk about, feel free to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, unfortunately, Charlie on TV is no longer on WWE TV. She is signed full-time with ESPN. She is no longer working with the WWE, and I am going to miss her severely. Just watch ESPN. It's not. <laughs> no, see, because then I... I <laughs> I like Charlie doing what I like Charlie doing. Kind of like I like Kathy Kelly doing what I like Kathy Kelly doing. I liked Renee doing what Renee was doing on the show that I liked. I'm not going to go in. You know, I'm not into basketball and shit, so I'm not going to go watch Charlie talk about something I don't care about just to watch Charlie. Like That sounds like a personal problem, Matt. <laughs> I, I miss Kathy Kelly. On, I can still go on first take and watch Charlie. I miss Renee, and I'm going to miss Charlie. Yeah. Um... Well, one other big move is NXT moving to Tuesdays. Yes, NXT is going to be moving to Tuesday starting Tuesday, April 13th, the Tuesday after WrestleMania. And uh, there's going to be a big debut on there that we're going to talk about um, when we get to NXT. Mm -hmm. We also have RVD officially announced as a Hall of Famer for the 2021 class. Did we talk about Kane last week? We did. We talked about Kane and Greg Kali. Okay. Got it. I, I couldn't remember about Kane if, if we talked about him or not. And then the big news that broke today, Chris Jericho is going to be on the Broken Skull Sessions Dude. on the WWE Network. Dude, that's a must watch. And I, I have to assume that this is a AEW Chris Jericho. This is not like a Broken Skull Session that was recorded before no. Chris went to AEW. And the no, 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 no. So uh, I remember where like the actual report came from but i was watching another youtube another youtube podcast where they go ahead and do news and rumors like they do a short form and one of the things that they were saying is that uh stone cold there was actually like a transcript of him saying and asked texting vince for permission hey is it okay if i bring chris jericho on the show give him the thumbs up he had to double check he's like hey are you sure 
got the okay, got the green light. Then Jericho went ahead and asked Tony Khan. Tony Khan gave him his blessing. And this was all kind of like, it all kind of stemmed from, from what I heard from the Undertaker's Broken Skull session. That Jericho reached out to 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 Austin, it's like, man, that was that was amazing, like that was great. And then Austin saying that he would love to go ahead and do one with Jericho, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. From what I read, it's and- fucking weird though, right? Yes, but in a good way, right? I, it's kind of like when you discover a new kink in bed, like you didn't think you'd like it, but then you like it, <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I don't know how to feel about this, but you know, the sensation is there. What what kind of new kink, Vince? Uh, no, no, no. I can't disclose my personal information on the show. Maybe that that's... No. 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 Uh, <laughs> not that. Uh, maybe that's for the Patreon. Maybe an incentive. You know, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the Patreon. You might get, like, instant backstage access to my kinks if you're really into it. And also, if you guys are watching the video version on either YouTube or Pornhub, we appreciate it. But if you're listening to the audio, go check out the video versions on YouTube and Pornhub because as of right now... Uh, my wife actually, right before I, we started the show, frantically text messaged me and said, hey, you need to move the penis. I forgot. And I reminded her she's already moved the penis. So Waldo is in the background in a new position. I- and every week you can try and find the Wald- Waldo's dick here <laughs> in my background. It will move around. Um, so, yeah, that's a fun little thing for you guys to do on the video version. We- I, I, thought I already found it. That was actually one of the first things I did. Once I hopped into the Zoom call with you, Matt, I was like, where is Waddle's stick? Yeah, where is sure Waddle's stick? I found it. I found it. But the question oh. is, have you, has the viewers found it? Go ahead and watch it. This. Um, it's great. It's great. It's like she thought it was going to fuck with me. And I was like, no, this is fantastic. That's on this point. Is this is great. Uh, didn't Reek like was like looking frantically for it last week as well? Yeah. Yeah. No. Reek found it eventually. So <laughs> it took him a minute. <laughs> um. All right, so you know I've got a couple rants coming. Yes. I'm going to get them out of the way now. Okay. I am going to spit the women's tag team situation on SmackDown. Confuckle. And the ending of Raw this week for the same reason, which is why I'm going to talk about it before we actually get into the shows. If you guys listen to the show and if you guys are a fan of the show, you guys know how I feel about the brand split and how it should be treated as what they presented it as and the you know, one time a year you know i'm okay with seeing smackdown stars on raw and raw stars on smackdown is the build to survivor series yeah. because that's what survivor series is branded and don't get me wrong that doesn't mean i have an issue with them interacting at pay-per-views if at wrestlemania where both brands are there and represented they want to interact perfectly fine with that at the royal rumble when you guys when you've got raw guys and smackdown guys in the Royal Rumble, because that's what the Royal Rumble is. I'm okay with that because both brands are there. But that doesn't mean on the lead up to the Royal Rumble, I want to see guys from SmackDown going to Raw and guys from Raw going to SmackDown stay on your fucking shows. Tonight on SmackDown, because we were recording this on April 2nd, Friday, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Lana, and Naomi showed up on SmackDown to attack the tag team champions. Now, yes. I realize that due to the stipulation of the women's tag team belts, that Shania can defend those belts on any show they choose, which is fine. Shania can defend the belts on any show they choose. That does not mean that women's tag team wrestlers from other shows can also show up whenever and wherever the fuck they want. 
only Shay Naya can go from Raw to SmackDown to defend the belts. And that's the whole point of it. If the tag team wrestlers could just show up whenever they want, then there's no point in saying the tag team champions can defend it on both shows. You just mm-hmm. say that the the women's tag team division uh, isn't brand exclusive. And yeah. then you can have women from Raw wrestling women from SmackDown and blah, 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 blah. But I, I wouldn't want that anyway. I wouldn't want it either, but I'm saying that is the distinction. And that's where I draw the line is when you say yeah. that they can defend it on either show, that means only those champions can go from show to show. Everyone else needs to stay in their fucking box. <laughs> Speaking of staying in their fucking box, if you are not a raw contracted superstar, Baron Corbin, you do not get to take up a bounty put out by the raw heavyweight champion, our WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. He said anybody, but anybody on raw who qualifies to Mm. challenge for the WWE championship, or you do it on neutral ground but other than that you stay the fuck on your show where you belong it's bad enough i gotta see you on smackdown doing (laughs) dumb shit every week i don't need to see you on raw and smackdown doing dumb shit every week and on top of that vince since i'm on a roll right now they announced that and i don't know if it was an april fool's joke or not but supposedly the andre the giant memorial battle royal is going to take place on smackdown featuring fucking raw superstars on smackdown <laughs> I was about to mention that. I don't know if you had heard or heard oh, no. it or not. I heard and I <laughs> saved it for this. Stop. Like seriously, honestly, I I'm so just drained from this shit because I need it. Okay, so here's the thing. I know people say things along the lines of, "Hey, you know, why can't you just enjoy the show? Why does it matter? This and that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's all just fun, this and that. And for you, it might be, and that's fine. And I'm not saying that anyone listening to the show shouldn't enjoy it or needs to care the way that I do. You watch and enjoy the show however you want. If it doesn't bother you, I'm perfectly fine with that. But here's the thing. For me to enjoy the show, I need them to follow the rules that they set up in their universe. When they start breaking the rules of the universe they created, it's going to bother me. That's just how I function. That is my function. So them doing this bothers me. Them putting Raw superstars on SmackDown, even for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, because there's no real need to do that. You could have fucking put it on WrestleMania on a pre-show either fucking night. Didn't I, matter. I think the, I think the reason why it's not they're not doing that is because they're eliminating matches on their kickoff shows. Don't care. <laughs> it's not an excuse. That doesn't validate them putting Raw superstars in a battle royal on SmackDown. I don't care what the fuck they want to do for me. It doesn't fix that problem. Yeah. What you could have done is you could have done a raw battle Royal on raw and a SmackDown battle Royal on SmackDown. And then at WrestleMania had the winners compete and a singles match. And that person no, is the that, that, that's, that sounds like the convoluted mess that was NXT's. Battle uh, we'll talk Royal. about that. Gauntlet eliminator. Oh, that. Jesus. <laughs> I'm done though. You guys know how I feel about it. It pissed me off. So I'm spitting both those things from those shows. Vince, where do you want to start? Raw, NXT, uh, AEW, or SmackDown? Let's let's start with Raw since we've we already talked about the Corbin and the closing segment of Monday Night Raw. Might as well just finish up Raw. All right. So real quick, we had a uh, PSA from the Hurt Business, um, which basically talked about exactly what we talked about. Where Bobby's like, "Hey, anyone that takes out." 
Drew gets a title shot. Um, and then that's the end of the Hurt Business. They He kicks out Shelton and he kicks Terrible. out. Terrible. Well, well, remember, I'm going to run down the show. Then we'll do a spit and swallows. New format. Yeah. Relax. Uh, Shelton and Cedric get kicked out of the Hurt Business. Uh, Riddle babbles to Titus. Sheamus wrecks Riddle. And then Sheamus defeats Riddle uh, in a match. Um, Shelton and Bobby, or Shelton and Cedric ask for matches against Bobby Shelton tonight, Cedric next week. Um, Drew's running around paranoid because of the bounty. Uh, we got more Shane and Elias bullshit. Braun Strowman defeats Riker. Uh, then we got the dirt sheet. That stupid fucking music video. Um, Randy Orton promo on the fiend. Bobby defeats Shelton. Uh, New day. Tries to synergize almost an AJ while they plug their shit. And then we have a game night, um, AJ versus Xavier, which ends in a DQ. We get an Alexa promo. Uh, Drew getting starts getting uh, Drew beating up the locker room um, mm-hmm. and then setting up a match with him and Ricochet. Um, Shayna versus Naomi ends with a brawl ringside. No one cares um, because, again, they went to Raw or they went to SmackDown and fuck shit up riddles forgetful promo that may or may not be scripted Rhea and oscar's contract shine signing and then in the main event drew defeats ricochet um all right what are you swallowing for monday night raw if anything uh i think the the only thing that i can honestly swallow is everything that randy orton defeated and alexa did specifically that promo that Alexa had while she was on like the swing set and then it zoomed out to reveal the fiend was sitting with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. I like even Randy's promo is really, really good. I've, I've seen some people dislike this feud, maybe because they've already seen Randy versus versus Bray Wyatt at some point, but this is different. This is a different little wrinkle. Uh, I like it. This is probably the one rest, uh, the raw WrestleMania match that I'm most looking forward to. Uh I was looking forward to Bobby Lashley versus Drew, but it, I feel like it's lost a little bit of the sizzle. So I believe the people that don't like the Randy Orton, Alexa fiend feud are people who don't enjoy that kind of gimmicky character, uh, yeah. non-reality based uh, storytelling. Now mm. I'm not going to knock those people because I do enjoy it because again, those same people might say, well, I enjoy what they're doing with the women's tag team division because, you know, they got the women on TV more, blah, blah, blah. They don't care about the things that bother me. So I'm not going to knock them for not liking it, but I do enjoy it, and I'm glad we have it. Uh, Again, it's that horror slash wrestling slash a little bit of porno all mixed (laughs) together. I don't see the porno aspect of it. I think you just see it. You didn't see Alexa Bliss drop down on randy's dick and piss off his wife you have not seen all of the comments of people comparing alexa bliss to basically one of the stepdaughters in a porno in her acting i mean if anything this probably inspired some weird WWE like porn fetish like oh absolutely now i will say this uh reek and i had a discussion that was a great discussion where we were talking about what the fiend feels like he asked me if i thought the fiend uh was kind of like uh freddy from new nightmare and i was like nah not really you know freddy from new nightmare was kind of like to get freddy from new nightmare you'd have to have like the fiend never have had a match 
Mm-hmm. And now he's showing up for his first match in like real life where he only exists in like a cinematic universe. Yeah. Uh, I look at it more, especially with, even though it's a Jack in the box and it's not a puzzle box. Um, and especially the way Alexa described it in this promo, more like pinhead from Hellraiser. Yeah. Where he was weakened. He was trapped in the box and uh, she released him from the box. And now she, I mean, I've said this for a long time now from the, from when we originally got Alexa jumping into Randy's arms to like piss off the fiend and Alexa was cutting promos on Randy where Randy was saying that Alexa was just following the fiends lead. And she alluded to the fact mm-hmm. that really she's the one that's in charge yeah. that Alexa has been manipulating the fiend this whole time. And I think as this story's evolved, that's where we're at now is she allowed the fiend to get burned. She pushed the fiend into this feud with Randy Orton and now that she's weakened him and he was contained, she's released him. And now it's her monster to do her bidding. I like it. And I, I fucking th- love it. I think, I think right now, like, unfortunately, like the best woman on the ro- roster is Alexa Bliss and she's nowhere near the title picture. Like she should be champion. Um, I'm also going to swallow uh, Paranoid Drew. I did enjoy Paranoid Drew just going around getting in everyone's face and being mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to wait around for someone to jump me. One of you bitches step up and hit I love me it. and do something. I fucking loved it. He's man. throwing love- people around the locker room. He's doing that. Uh, I enjoyed that whole thread with Drew, which led to him, like I said, defeating Ricochet in our main event. Uh, afterwards, Ali tries to attack, attack Drew um doesn't get it done and then bobby gets called out they brawl and that's when corbin shows up and that's where you know i spit um i also really enjoyed the new day game show stuff yes Uh, it was hilarious so i'm swallowing the new day the game show almost getting sick of their bullshit Mm -hmm. um Causing the issue in that match. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I forgot to mention. Like, I do want to swallow that whole like New Day AJ like um Almas stuff because I I loved it. it. Was like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. And he starts drawing the sun. It's like, like, do you not see it? He's trying to make it more clear. And Almas is just like, man, fuck this shit. The more he drew on the sun to make it clear, the less clear it was that it was a sun. <laughs> like, the more he added, the less like a sun it looked like, which I absolutely loved. I also love that the New Day's whole thing was like, all right, well, if you guys are going to be a tag team and challenge us at WrestleMania, like, let's get you guys to be a tag team. Let's get some synergy going on here. Like, yeah. The New Day have been fantastic in this. Omos has played his role perfect. AJ yeah. playing that uh, kind of comedic heel that like that know, dunce heel. Yeah, like, yeah. But you also know he's going to be able to go. Like he's. Mm-hmm. Oh, this match, I think this match has potential to be sleeperish good. This could be probably one of the better matches at WrestleMania, either night one or night two, whichever night's on. Are you swallowing the uh, at least the bad bunny Miz uh, punch? Uh, I'm gonna gargle the bad bunny Miz like whole stuff because it wasn't bad, but it could have been better. Like, I I, I will say this, like, I'm nothing against Bad Bunny because, you know, I did say he could do no wrong. Uh-huh. However, however, however. and say WWE, WWE could do no wrong, and they are doing wrong by not including Damian Priest in this match. Like, the whole point was to try to get Damian Priest to get some of that Bad Bunny rub by, you know, just pairing him up together. Him being in Bad Bunny's corner, yeah, that's something, but it'd be so much better if Damian Priest was actually going to have a match at WrestleMania, have Correct. a tag match. Why... 
I, like I, I feel like they just did it. Maybe like, it was so simple. Just do the you, tag match. You you know Vince doesn't like tag matches. Maybe there's already too many tag matches on the card at WrestleMania for Vince. Then don't fucking throw every single woman mixed up in a tag team on SmackDown and make like a whole convoluted gauntlet tag team eliminator bullshit. Just. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm with you though. I'm gonna gargle undecidedly because I hated the music video and the dirt sheet shit. But I really enjoyed watching Miz get socked in the face by Bad Bunny. So, like, the, I'm 50-50, so I'm gargling undecidedly as well. The, the music video wasn't bad. No, it, it was trash. No, no, it, it was fucking bad. garbage. You know? No, it was fucking garbage. I heard Reek, and I heard TC go, yeah, it's kind of a bop. It's kind of a banger. And no, fuck that. It was terrible. Had a, It had a nice beat to it. No, it was terrible. I, You know what? To each his own. To each their own. It's, it, it, it's not for me. Yeah, uh, I feel um, I feel like TC enjoyed it because he's kind of a Miz stan. So like probably, which is yeah. surprising. You, you just kind of forget yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I do want to spit hard. Uh, the whole Sheamus Shane stuff, and I don't even want to talk about it. I just Braun wanna... Shane, Braun Shane. What did I say? You said Sheamus. Why are you Why are you hurting Sheamus? Sheamus has done nothing but good things. <laughs> oh, I'm so. That no, was my no. other. That was my other thing. Was I'm swallowing Sheamus, fucking up Matt Riddle again, and then defeating Matt Riddle, and then getting a title match, like so he can beat up Matt Riddle some more. No, no, actually, I'm, I'm swallowing everything that Sheamus is doing. I'm eating my words. He's made me eat my words, and I will happily eat them, and I will swallow them. Uh, because Sheamus is on a tear. This is honestly the best he's looked in his career, like as a singles guy. I feel like this is the best run of his career. Uh, I'm with you though. Uh, I'm I'm spitting the whole Shane Elias shit uh, with the match with Riker and Braun. I'm spitting um, uh, them trying to jump him and then making a cage match at WrestleMania. I know. You said, and I don't know if you wanted this out there or not, but in our group chat, you said you were going to take that time to drop a giant deuce during WrestleMania. I will be dropping the giant deuce. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that I eat all the beans and all the everything that I can so I can have a bowel movement during that match and I don't have to sit through it. Um, I also want to spit the contract signing between Rhea Ripley and Asuka uh, and everything that happened in between there because... Like they're both fantastic, they're both great, but I just for whatever reason this just feels rushed and just pieced together at the last minute. Rhea doesn't feel like Rhea and Oscar the pairing right now. It just kind of feels very awkward. And then when she flipped the table over, I feel like she legitimately knocked out Oscar because she was down for the count for like a while. Like Which I'm that part I was actually okay with. What made me spit this segment more than anything was them making the. Rhea Asuka versus Shayna and Naya or Shayna tag team title match for next week. Because... No, it's not a title match. It's just a regular tag match. Are you sure? I'm dead ass. It's not for the titles. Either way, why? Why do Rhea and Asuka need to work together as a tag team before they have a singles match against each other? Because do they, they don't know to... what the fuck they don't know what the fuck they want to do because they they're like literally like like I said piecing this together as they go along and they're really just out here just trying to figure out what the fuck to do week to week because all they know is they're well this is going to be our raw women's title match uh, how do we get there uh, contract signing uh, tag match no it's stupid yeah no this you just you you just did this with Sasha and Bianca and people bitched about it so now you're going to do the same thing for the raw titles match like yeah. 
why? I, yeah. I, I don't get it. So it's, yeah, I'm spitting that. And then the biggest thing I'm spitting is they broke up the fucking hurt business. Thank you. Like why? Why? Why break up the hurt business? They're one of the legit great factions that WWE has. Like they, I'm still getting over Undisputed Era, and now they break up the hurt business. Like why do you hate me so much? Like, Here's my thing: if if the hurt business is still intact with MVP and Lashley, and they actually recruit new members, I'm not going to be extremely upset. Asthma. No, no, but um, I just. You had tag team champions. You had the WWE champion. You had a chance to do something here where you could have brought in a third guy to be a mid-card champion. Yeah. And you you ripped the tag team titles away from Shelton and Cedric to put them on the New Day for Omus's debut, which is really all it seems like that was, is, oh, we need a babyface tag team for a heel's big debut, so we're just going to put the titles over here now. like, mm-hmm. And we want to get New Day on WrestleMania, which I get and I'm cool with. Um. And then you you destroy that tag like you destroy that team. Bobby gets pissed off. He kicks them both out. The whole match between I them, want, where uh, I want to spit the inconsistency with Bobby Lashley's character, not only on this past Monday, but leading like since he's won the title, because he was kind of like this tweener guy, and maybe because there's fans, perhaps to be. Vince McMahon, they are afraid that Bobby Lash is going to get cheered because how can you not cheer for this man? He's been grinding and struggling. He went from company to company. He has the similar story as to Drew McIntyre. Like their stories are very parallel. That that should be the story. Just two badasses and allow allow the fans to choose who they want to root for. But I think that they're just afraid that they might boo Drew McIntyre and cheer Bobby Lashley. So they're trying to do things to make him more heelish, like him being like a chicken shit like champion, like putting a bouncy on Drew's head. Like that doesn't sound like Bobby Lashley from two weeks ago. And him breaking up the hurt business, I guess, to get more heat on Bobby Lashley because he broke up the hurt business. But I don't know. I think it's just it's small-minded. I feel like it, it wasn't necessary. It shouldn't have been done. And even if they do recruit new members, I'm still going to be pissed because Cedric and Shelton were perfect with the hurt business. Shelton is a, is a longtime veteran that can go, and it's a perfect just guy in the faction with them and Cedric is the young up-and-comer guy that they're grooming up to like build up hopefully they do something with Cedric because I'm afraid they're just going to be sitting and catering that's what I was going to say is here's the issue with them breaking up the Hurt Business now they didn't get Shelton and Cedric over as a team because they fought that whole time while they were tag team champions and they they built that issue and they didn't get them over as single superstars so by breaking up the faction at this point and sending Shelton and Cedric on their way there's not a whole lot of goodwill built in those guys to go forward and do something with them Mm -hmm. um cedric did show out cedric did kind of you know come into his own and promos as a heel and stuff like that so maybe there's a little bit there shelton didn't get anything from being in the hurt business by ending it now that he Mm -hmm. can use to move forward and go with other than bill shelton benjamin my other issue, did you hear the ring announcer announce a two-on-one handicap match? Yeah. <laughs> like you, the, He doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. Because they clearly oh, said, man. Shelton this week, and if there's anything left of Bobby, Cedric next week. Then mm-hmm. Shelton comes out for his match. 
and Cedric's dressed in street clothes. And the ring announcer's like, the following match will be a two-on-one handicap. I'm like, no, what the fuck's going on? And it was a singles match. Uh, Shelton lost. Obviously, Bobby won. Um, yeah, just... I, you gained nothing with the guys that you kicked out of the Hurt Business by kicking them out. And if you're going to break up a faction, there should be something in place for the people leaving in the fashion that they did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there should be something going forward for those guys. And there is nothing. So you're just, you're hurting that talent uh, where they had a spot. And now they don't. Hopefully they at least stay as a tag team. Cause that would be a little bit better than them going separate. their separate ways as singles guys. Cause I feel like they'll definitely get lost in the shuffle yeah. if they go single. Uh, but yeah, uh, was that everything for raw? That was everything for raw. Um, unless you got uh, anything more that you either really didn't like or really did like? Uh, no, no. I think I think we basically touched everything. Are you spitting or swallowing Monday Night Raw as a whole? As a whole, I'm just going to spit it. <laughs> just because her business shit really pissed me off. I'm going to spit it because Baron Corbin ended my fucking night. <laughs> when I saw Baron Corbin on my TV on Monday Night Raw. You said fuck Raw. And here's the thing. TC comes at me and he's like, yeah, man, just let the shit play out. You never know. I'm like, listen, if the trade rumors were true and we find out that Baron Corbin has been traded to Monday Night Raw in exchange for Charlotte, then at that point, I'll be like, all right, cool. I'm fine with that. That's good. But the fact that Corbin was on SmackDown this week, talking about going back to Raw after Drew McIntyre. That was so dumb. Stay the fuck on your own show, you piece of shit. I think um, I, I think the issue there is that WWE kind of, Raw is just like barren with talent. No, no pun intended. Uh, it's WrestleMania season. We're just trying to no, make the show no. entertaining. Get the fuck no, out of here. No, that, that, that's bullshit. That's them not properly building up their mid-card and other guys, and now you're relying on SmackDown's mid-card to try to, like, pick up the scraps here. It's not even like Baron Corbin's built up on SmackDown's mid-card. Like, but he's built up better than anyone in Raw's mid-card, that's for sure. Uh, Where do you want to go next? SmackDown, uh, NXT, or AEW? Uh, let's finish it off with SmackDown. You know, get all this hostility you have about this brand shuffling stuff. Uh, we go off the show with Edge bitching about Daniel Bryan's triple threat match. Uh, Alpha Academy and Rudolph defeat the Mysterios and Street Profits. Uh, Paul talks to Sonya about having Jay released of any culpability in injuring Daniel Bryan tonight. Seth and Cesaro have a face to face. Natalia defeats Shayna. Uh, and then the bullshit that I already bitched about and spit Sammy and Logan Paul and the documentary trailer reveal uh, Carmella loses to Bianca. I just put down fuck Corbin Baron Corbin's interview. Um, we got a challenge for the intercontinental title and a Nigerian drum fight at mania. Um, and then the Jay Uso, Daniel Bryan street fight. What are you swallowing? Do I have to swallow anything this week? You don't have to swallow anything. I'm I'll not tell you what I'm anything. swallowing. I'm not swallowing anything on SmackDown. Okay, you're nothing, not swallowing. Nothing, nothing was bad, but nothing was good enough to swallow. It's just like... I, I disagree. I loved Edge's promo at the beginning of the show. So that's the first thing I'm going to swallow is Edge coming out. Because here's the thing. As much as I'm going to enjoy this triple threat match, I agree with everything Edge has been saying. Mm -hmm. This is how I felt about this feud from the get-go. 
and don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean like I'm gonna. Oh, I can't believe they're going to do a triple threat. This is so stupid. Blah blah. blah. They told a great story getting here, but it yeah. doesn't mean that Edge's points aren't valid. And I agree with everything Edge said about yeah. Daniel Bryan should realize why this is important to Edge. Daniel Bryan should see where Edge is coming from. Daniel Bryan should have stayed in his own fucking lane. And I love how, that he said, what? How is, how is Edge the heel in this? How is Daniel Bryan not the heel for weasel? Okay, so here's why. Travis says it all the time. A heel is someone who tells the truth, but it is the truth you don't want to hear. So the theory here is, all of these people are Daniel Bryan fans and they really wanted, as you've said yourself to see Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. And they were hoping for that. And now you're getting it. And now you're not only getting Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, but you're getting Daniel Bryan versus edge and edge looks like the bitter, angry man who doesn't want Daniel in the match. So the goal here is to have him speak the truth, but it's just the truth. You don't want to hear, but you know what? Like I, like that's not the first time we've seen that happen, and like honestly, that's a little teaser. I have uh, a little like uh, countdown, a little new segment, and it's gonna be leading into that as well. Like not this week, we're gonna have it for like maybe next week, but like there has been situations where a person weasels their way into a championship match at WrestleMania where they don't fucking belong. And you know what? I I'm with you. I agree with Edge. Uh, Edge is completely in the right. Like heels make a heel that makes great points. Uh, that's usually the best heels. Like, and honestly, I'm just glad that Edge is a heel because I feel like that's probably his best role. And even on commentary during the main event, which I also swallow because I really enjoy that street fight. And being where I stand, Daniel Bryan wrecking everyone at the end of the street fight mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Edge on commentary during the street fight, and even like replying to Jay Uso, like breaking his focus on commentary and being like, "Yeah, you're goddamn right." Get away from like talking to Jay Uso during the fight while Jay was fucking up Daniel Bryan. I enjoyed that whole thing, but again, I agree with Edge. He came back, he earned what is normally a singles match against Roman Reigns. This is what was yeah. supposed to happen. Daniel Bryan snaked his way in. Um, and it's gonna be it, him making these points has made this feud better going forward. So yes, I'm not gonna sit on the fence of the oh, well, I agree with Edge, so this sucks and I hate it and blah, blah, blah. No, because I agree with Edge, this is so much better now. But I find myself rooting for Edge and not Daniel Bryan. I'm also a guy who uh, generally doesn't root for Daniel Bryan. I wanted to see see Triple H beat Daniel Bryan uh, and keep him out of that WrestleMania main event. Who wanted to see Randy Orton versus Batista? It didn't matter. It wasn't that I cared about Randy Orton versus Batista. I didn't want to see a B plus player in the main event. I did not watch the team. Hell no stuff. I'm I I wasn't watching wrestling at that point. So when I came in, I agreed with everything triple H said about Daniel Bryan. I didn't see any value in this guy. And I was like, fuck this guy and his stupid little movement. I don't want to see him succeed. I want to see the people that I know because I came back around that time which is why WrestleMania 30, in my opinion, was my worst WrestleMania. The streak ended. Cena screwed over Bray Wyatt. Well, Cena didn't screw over Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt should have gone over Cena. And then I got stuck with Daniel Bryan, who I didn't give two shits about winning the main event. Terrible, terrible. 
it is what it is. I, don't get me wrong. Since then, I've, I can't mute you. I've learned respect. I, I've earned respect, or Daniel Bryan's earned my respect, I guess. Yeah. Since then, I've I see the value in Daniel Bryan, what he brings to the table, and I really enjoy Daniel Bryan, which is why I'm excited for him in this match. But again, I'm not rooting for him to win. I don't want to see no. Daniel Bryan win. Uh, I'm not rooting for either man to win. I, I I don't know if I said this <laughs> last week or two weeks ago, but I firmly believe that what they've done is they set up a great post WrestleMania feud between Daniel Bryan and Edge because neither of them are going to walk away champion. Edge is going to be resentful of Daniel Bryan for weaseling his way out into that match and costing him his one-on-one opportunity to be world champion and get back to where he was when he retired all those years ago. And Daniel Bryan's going to be like, dude, like I'm just doing everything you were doing. So I think that's going to be a great feud post WrestleMania and Roman Reigns going to do something else. I don't think Roman's dropping that title. But yeah, so I'm swallowing everything Edge, Roman Reigns, or Daniel Bryan that happened tonight, including Paul Heyman getting permission from Sonya to release Jey Uso of any uh, legal implications that may come from him fucking up Daniel Bryan because I love the fact that Adam Pierce was like, yeah, I knew you were going to, yeah, and Sonya just like cut him off and was like, no, you make some good points. Okay. And Adam Pierce is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I love that they're playing this angle up and giving Sonya that power. Yeah. And you can see the tides are turning and Sonya's going to be that heel GM I figure. love it. So, yeah, I'm swallowing that. Uh I'm swallowing one more thing, but look like you want to say something. Oh, I was I just thought about the one thing I really do want to swallow is uh Billy Kay offering her resume to Carmella and then her keeping it. So mm-hmm. maybe they're teasing something there. Carmella did say she well, wanted to create like a women's new day and the people she like had mentioned was Billy Kay and Bailey. I will love a faction between Bailey, the uh, Billy Kay and Carmella. That could be fun. That could be real mm-hmm. fun. Um I also think that that might lead into what you said with the women whatever match they have where it'll probably be Shayna and Nia defending their titles at WrestleMania against the two teams from Raw the two teams from SmackDown and then maybe also Carmella and Billy, or they might be starting a tag team with Carmella and Billy going forward because they don't know what else to do with Carmella or Billy at this point. Um, So I will swallow that as well, but I am spitting again, Natalia beating Shayna in like 30 30 seconds. seconds. Jesus. And all of the other bullshit that happened after that. And I already got into that. So I'm not going to go back into it. Uh, I, Oh, I want to swallow the, uh, the, I, I'm curious about the Nigerian drum fight. I really liked Apollo's promo. I'm actually like, I love Big E, but I'm kind of, I kind of want to see Apollo win the title. Like kind of want to see IC champion yeah. Apollo Cruz. So like. That's the next natural course. Cause you can't really have this man turn heel, lean into this like amazing gimmick and actually have some momentum for the first time in his entire wrestling career in WWE, including NXT because in NXT, he was just generic baby face, really good wrestler, indie guy. He didn't really develop a character before he was being called up. This is the first time I've seen him with an actual character and able to like run with it. So the next natural course is to be IC champion. And Biggie just transition him onto the main event scene. Maybe I, that's who Roman ch- challenges next. Is there anything specifically you want to spit? Other than the whole show, as you said. Uh, I want to spit Logan Paul. Okay, yeah, no, I'm with you. So we have Sammy greeting Logan Paul when he gets to the arena. We have the world premiere of Sammy's documentary trailer. We have Logan Paul basically saying he isn't sold. 
and kind of taking KO side somehow from the point that Sammy greeted Logan Paul to them walking out to the ring, he had time to step away and have a conversation with Kevin Owens that Sammy did not know about that bugged me. Um, KO comes in and hits a stunner, which I was fine with. And then during an interview, Sammy jumps him later. I don't need Logan. Paul. Like, like I said, no, and this wasn't a shot of bad bunny because I, all I'm saying is we have the celebrity match and the celebrity involvement featuring bad bunny. So mm-hmm. I don't, also need logan paul and in my opinion he and his brother are kind of fucking douchebags so like yeah not really interested in seeing that either it wasn't the fact that they had a celebrity in that role it's who they chose to have in that role this quote-unquote celebrity like yeah, logan YouTuber, not, blah, blah, blah. whatever no you know who it should have been it should have been cardi b they, they had teased some stuff about Cardi B joining <laughs> WWE. Lacey Evans just cock-blocked that whole thing. Give me some Cardi B on WWE. I want that. Maybe that's what that Car- uh, maybe that's what that Bianca Sasha Banks view needs is a Cardi B as a special ring enforcer. That would that uh, that might help a little bit. Um, Add some edge to it. <laughs> I'm also spitting Seth and Cesaro. Uh, it was a face to face, and here's why I'm spitting it. Mm-hmm. they decided to go the route of having Cesaro just be out there making swing puns. And even though the last one he delivered seriously, where he's like, go ahead and take a swing. That all of the other shit that he said highlighted what everyone's been saying about why Cesaro can't make it in WWE past his current station mm-hmm. in that he can't cut a promo. Everything he said up until that very last part was not entertaining it all like seth tried to save that segment it i just i was not like this did not make me get behind cesaro in any way shape or form going into this match this i think it did more to hurt them than help them he should be more like a brock lesnar and not talk as much he really does need they kind of like were onto something by pairing him up with uh paul Heyman after wrestlemania 30 and him winning the entry to Andre the giant memorial battle royal Maybe that's something that he could use. Maybe like a Mike Malcolm Bivens. Maybe, and then, uh, of course, Malcolm Bivens needs a better like client than uh, what's his name, Tyler Rust. Uh, we'll talk about uh, that too. Uh, yeah. So I think I think you're right. It since are on the mic, unfortunately, isn't the best. The final line that he delivered, just take a swing. That was perfect. He should just left it at that. Uh, maybe just take some Dexter Loomis notes and just not talk. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Dexter. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who has a hard on for Dexter more, you or Indy Hartwell. I think it's about equal. <laughs> I'd fight Indy for Dexter. <laughs> I think my wife would let me. Um, <laughs> That's how you know you married, married the right one. Exactly. Uh, SmackDown, spit or swallow. I'm going to spit it again, man. I. I want to swallow it for all of the stuff going into the main event for WrestleMania night two, but I'm spitting it because again, I cannot abide by raw superstars appearing on SmackDown and then pushing this narrative and then encouraging going forward with fucking Baron Corbin to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Fuck I, I can't, I can't do it. And it's, it's a me personal thing. Like, if people enjoy it, I'm not going to knock you for enjoying it. You can enjoy it. You cannot care. I'm not asking you to agree with me. I just, I can't do it personally. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, and I, I totally get it because it, it kind of bugged me too. Uh, when I saw Dana and Mandy Rose come out, 
I was like, wait, are they SmackDown or are they Raw? And I was like, oh, I no, knew where what? they were. No, and then I'm like, wait, hold up, what the fuck? No, it's only the women's tag team champions that can go to any brand they fucking want. Why are they here? Then I saw Naomi and Lana. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So I'm know, spinning. Man, I, don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're just rubbing off on me, Matt. I'm spitting for that reason. I just I I want it to make sense. Make it make sense, and it make doesn't it make, make sense. sense. Make it make. Don't sense. tell me that the sky is blue and then it's fucking... green, like you, like if you're on Planet Namek. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, where you want to go? AEW or NXT? Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go AEW. I guess. I knew you were to save NXT for the end. You almost always do. All right, so we kicked it off with Christian defeating Kazarian. We had a Darby Allen video package. We had Kobe Cody versus QT Marshall Kobe. with a bunch of shit going on there, including a formation of a new AEW faction. Uh, Jade whipping wet red velvet during an interview. Uh, Don Callis confronting Matt Jackson. The Bullet Club defeating the Lucha Bros and the Laredo Kid inner circle getting revenge on the pinnacle uh mox defeating cesar benoni Britt baker doing an aew elevation promo tay conti and hikaru shida losing to the bunny and nyla rose and then we finish off with the arcade anarchy match vince what if anything are you swallowing from aew because i know you're a little harder on them than I am. So I do have some swallows here. So the show wasn't bad, uh, but nothing really like stood out to me. I'm going to swallow. The the main thing I want to swallow is uh, Inner Circle getting the revenge on the That pinnacle. definitely stood out. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. The way that he, the MJF opened the bathroom and then everybody's there. It's like, we need to leave now. And then he opens the door and Jake Hager is there. I was like, oh, this is perfect. The entire beatdown was fantastic. You know it's going to lead into like a very good like feud, a faction feud match. Between but guts? These two. Yeah. So I fucking love this. Uh, I'm also going to swallow uh, Christian's uh, singles uh, debut in seven years obviously he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time he's in my top 10 all-time favorite wrestlers i actually like him more than edge believe that or and not. did i not tell you that kazarian was the first the perfect person for him to have this match with yeah because yeah they put on a match that you don't normally see in aew mm-hmm. it, it and was, it was very well told i thought it was good there were moments in there where i was kind of worried about christian because he kind of looked like he got rocked uh-huh. But overall, the match was really, really good. And that was Christian registering. And the other thing that Bully Ray brought up on Busted Open that I absolutely loved was he highlighted the fact that when you do a match the way that these guys did it, it allows for the commentary that you got from Tony Schiavone and JR. Because a lot of times in AEW, it's spot after spot after spot. There's nothing in there to breathe. So JR and Tony are just trying to keep pace with the match and they can't get their uh, the commentary. Their style of commentary doesn't complement these kinds of matches, yeah. which is why a lot of people complain about how JR doesn't have the passion anymore and this and that. But a lot of JR's lines and the quotes and everything come in those moments where things are being registered and sold and, you know, that story is being told in a slower-paced match. And that just goes to show that like he was commentating for a long time the WWE style and that's where he really shined and even when he was on WCW WCW style was very similar to the way WWE does 
pro wrestling. So he's not used to doing these indie style like commentary type matches. So this is new to him. This isn't his forte. So when you give him a match like you had with Kazarian and Christian, this is where JR is going to shine. I'm also swallowing Arcade Anarchy. So here's the deal. (laughs) And see now, here's the deal. I really enjoy these kind of matches because it is fun. And I know a lot of people are like, well, doesn't sound like Matt really likes fun on the podcast. And that's not true. I just like fun. That makes sense. Now the return of Chris Statlander, the return of one of the two thirds of the best friends that I actually right. enjoy. Cause I only have an issue with Chuck Taylor, Trent's mom pulling up in the van and Trent hopping out and attacking Miro. And then you had the fun shit, like the prize wall where they talked about how many tickets the chair cost mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. I enjoyed the shit out of this. That lander coming back and taking out um, Penelope Trent returning. Like we got two big returns in one match in cool, different ways. And the match for what it was, was exactly what it was supposed to be. And it was fun. Now, do I necessarily, I think the reason it main evented was because of the returns of Trent and Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't know that I would have made this the main event. Yeah. Um, but in the end, for what it was, it was exactly what it needed to be, and it served its purpose. And I had fun the entire time watching it. So I'm swallowing that whole thing. I mean, like I said, it, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. I didn't expect it to be anything more than what it was. It wasn't bad. It just, like, it was the main event. I was like, I, I was just like watching, like, man, like, really? This is how they're going to call us off the show. And the returns were very nice touch. I think that was the big highlight for me. Again, the match wasn't bad. It's just I'm not invested in Chuck Taylor. I'm not invested in Kip Sabian. And Miro is okay. The only person I gave a fuck about was Orange Cassidy. And it's kind of hard to get invested in the match where you're just not invested in the characters involved. And that's what kind of did it for me. If, like, let's say you, I don't know, you put, like, a Britt Baker versus uh, Thunder Rosa in that kind of situation, obviously that's going to be fantastic. It's just it depends on the person. Uh, it just it really depends on who's in there. I didn't personally hate it. I just didn't care. I don't know if Trent hadn't returned and we hadn't had the Chris Statlander spot, if I would have enjoyed it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. But those are key aspects of this match. Yeah. Her popping up out of the claw machine, Trent's big return, joining the best friends, and then the hug at the end, even though Chuck Taylor was a part of it. I mean, those were key aspects of why I enjoyed yeah. this. So I Would love you- Trent. Would at any point would you start liking Chuck Taylor if you started wearing Chuck Taylors? If Chuck Taylor wears Chuck Taylors, I will completely turn my opinion of Chuck Taylor around. Or if he changes his name to something other than Chuck Taylor. I think he goes by Chucky e. T too. It's the same thing. It's just taking that's like me calling you Daddy Delgado. Your name's still fucking Vince Delgado. True, 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 true. So um no, I, like I said, I'm swallowing that. Now I'm spitting specifically Cody versus QT with Arn Anderson as the enforcer, the special guest referee. And here's why. I don't know who the three guys from the Nightmare Factory are that came in and helped just destroy the gun club and Cody and Arn. And I'm not saying that going forward, I'm not going to be invested in these guys, but because I don't watch Dark, I don't watch Elevation. I'm not familiar with these guys. So you just had three unknown guys come in and wreck established talent out of nowhere, fair, that's which, 
what they did with the Nexus. And didn't see that. Shield. I mean, I've gone back and watched it. Didn't see that in the moment. Again, that was, that part was of awesome. my gap of when I stopped watching wrestling and I focused on vagina for a while. Shame on you. Uh, you well, get your you know. priorities straight, man. God damn it. Um, I also don't like that Red Velvet, for whatever reason, was the one that was able to stop QT from killing Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure QT trained her, yeah. but he also trained uh, Big Shotty Lee Johnson, and they wrecked they wreck Lee Johnson. So like, I don't know what the relationship is there or why she was the one that was able to get through to QT. And honestly, they don't need another faction. They really don't, especially one led by QT Marshall. Like I'm all about factions and when they're done, right. They could be perfect. Go over to new Japan. They had almost every single person is in a faction, but that's because these are kind of like, it's kind of like gang warfare. They're treated like established gangs that they're, it, it over there, it would be like if NWO, DX, Undisputed Era, Evolution were all factions. They're established top factions, not just something random like the fucking Hardy family or where the fuck Matt Hardy's doing now. That's my point is you've got the Dark Order. You've got the Bullet Club. You've got Matt Hardy's shit. You've got the Nightmare family, which is still kind of a thing because you still got Lee Johnson and Dustin. Yeah. And you've that got... Triangle. The Death Triangle. You've got the the Gun Club. You've got the Pinnacle. You've got the Gun Club. Now you've got whatever the fuck this shit is with QT. It's oversaturation. Yes. It's oversaturation. There is a such thing as too much, and this is too much for me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm spitting that. Um, You got anything specifically you want to spit, like the Bullet Club's Lucha Bros stuff, or did you want to swallow that? I... I personally did not like that match for the simple reason that it was a lot of standing around waiting for people to jump on me spots. Mm-hmm. And the more I see it, the more it bothers me. So I think the main thing I want to spit is anytime I see a six man tag on AEW <laughs> now, I just want to spit it. Like, here's the thing. I love Lucha Bros. You know, I'm like one of the biggest Lucha Bros mark there is specifically Penta, but I saw it was a six man tag. I'm like, I don't fucking care. And I didn't care. I didn't watch the match. Laredo Kid was good too. I I, I enjoyed no, I, I've, Kid. Seen, I, I've seen Laredo Kid. I like him too, but it's just a, a scene. Of, WWE gets a lot of shit for random six man tag matches, but the minute AEW does it, it, AEW literally does it every fucking week. I don't think I've seen a single week without a random six man tag. Six, eight, 10, 12 man tags. Yeah. And it's like, why can't WWE, like? I'm sorry. I hate it in general. I just hate it in general. El Dorado Kid. Shout out to Justin. He's now El Dorado Kid. El Dorado Kid. <laughs> nice. I uh, also want to spit just QT Marshall being a thing. Uh, I, I will say I did. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm spitting <laughs> QT Marshall and a stupid fucking apple. Um, I did. I did think the Bucks were going to turn on Mox and they didn't. And that kind of surprised me at the end of that whole segment. Uh, I do want to swallow uh, the segment with Don Callis and Matt and Matt Jackson, where he just puts and gets into the side. It's just kind of like, hey, you know, like you hurt. You heard, uh, you heard, uh, Kenny Omega. He chose you. Like he didn't choose. Like he chose you guys. He didn't go to AEW because of the 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 organization. This is the best place for him. He chose it because he wanted to be with you guys. And, all and he called stuff. him a cold, heartless bastard. Who's yeah, I, I fucking loved it. And I think slowly but surely they're gonna turn the young bucks heel and have them realign with Kenny Omega. I think that should be the end goal. Possibly. 
Um, I'll also swallow the women's tag team match. Tay and Sheeta versus. Uh, I just enjoyed seeing the bunny wrestle again. I just the only thing I want to swallow is Tay, and that's a, <laughs> that's about it. Tay Conti is the only thing I want to swallow. You don't want to swallow Nyla? No. Why not? Uh, no. no. I actually no. I'd like between all four of them. The like even the bunnies like <laughs> the bunny anymore. It's really only Ty. I, I enjoyed having the bunny back in action and them actually utilizing her. Um, I didn't need the Dark Order shit and the Hardy family shit ringside nope, nope. during all this. That's a whole other thing. Um, but, yeah, no, Tay's fantastic. I'm glad she's getting the push. NXT kind of fucked up by letting her go, in my opinion. Like, you kind of lost out there. Uh, no, I mean, no, because it's kind of one of those, those situations where in the environment she was in, she wasn't ever going to get that opportunity, even I, though it is NXT. Just just like in sport, in actual sports, like sometimes you need to have a guy go to a different situation and they flourish there and actually develop and become the person they're supposed to be. I, I, I think, unfortunately, Ty Conti, like, she, like, wrong place, wrong time. Uh, there was the women's division stayed loaded. And and WWE, maybe she was on main roster, she would have been able to flourish a little bit more. But NXT was just too oversaturated with the women's roster. That like, was it a loss for NXT? Yeah, but are they hurting? No, no, they're not. I'm not saying they're hurting. I'm just saying they had a talent in Tay Conti, and they didn't utilize her like they should have. So, in my opinion, they lost yeah, out on letting her go because sure, now sure. she is a boon to the AEW women's division, which is a good thing for AEW. So, like. I th- I think between her and Britt Baker are the two big draws to that women's division right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Are you spinner swallowing AEW? I'm uh, man. I I feel like I'm being very pessimistic this week, but I'm gonna spit AEW as well. I don't. Uh, man, I, I didn't really enjoy like like there was some good stuff, but overall nothing really like overwhelmingly good for any of the three shows we've talked about so far. Trent Beretta's return is going to allow me to swallow AEW. Shout out to Robert Roode, hotter than the heat vent Trent, <laughs> and his mom's van, Sue's van, were back on my TV, and it made me happy. And that's all I need from a wrestling show is to give me something that makes me happy. And Raw did not do that. SmackDown gave me more to be upset about than to be happy about. AEW gave me a lot that was just like, okay, it's there. And then something that I really, really enjoyed. So I'm going to swallow AEW this week. All right. The show that we're probably going to spend the most time on. Uh, (laughs) NXT. We got Cameron Grimes still trying to partner up with Roddy. Uh, Roddy still has anger issues and loses Cameron Grimes and then quits. We don't know if he quit the company or the night or what, but he quits. Uh, Got a Ciampa versus Walter package. An Escobar promo where he makes an open challenge. He defeats Tyler Breeze, and then MSK comes down, and we get a little statement from GYV. Uh, we got a way interview. Um, basically, Johnny's talking about the Gauntlet Eliminator and who's going to win, and he talks about having Austin Theory win so that he can have an easy night, too, with basically a finger poke of doom. Well, actually, it was Johnny that was upset about my. And why are you even in it? And then it was actually Austin Theory. It's like, have you ever heard of the finger poke of doom? Mm-hmm. And it's like that killed wrestling. It was like, yeah, but we're still here. So like, I don't, I don't know. And like, we'll, get, it, we'll, Theory, we'll get into it more. We'll, we'll um, get into it. The way defeats Gigi Dolan and Zeta Ramir. 
Um, and then we get the fire pit and their dildo launching tank. Um, we have a continuous thread throughout the night of giant Gonzalez fucking up Io Shirai, uh, beating Zoe Stark, and then eventually Io Shirai at the end of the night getting her comeuppance. Uh, we have a Kushida interview. Uh, Pete Dunn confronts Kushida about who's the best technical wrestler. Uh, prime target Cole versus O'Reilly. Team Ninja loses to what's supposed to be Tian Sha, which we'll get into if we talk about that, because um, I definitely have that here mm-hmm. as one of my swallows. Um, we have Frankie's debut announced for April 13th. Uh, we have a Chapa promo where he talks about the importance of his necklace and becoming the psycho killer. Um, again, we have a Finn versus Cross promo with a Finn training montage. We have the battle royal for the gauntlet eliminator. Hey, was it was it a Finn montage or a cross montage? It was Finn training in a montage. What no, no, because I swear it was Karen Cross doing like the like the catch wrestling stuff. No, it was a Finn promo. Finn versus Cross, and then afterwards you had a promo from Finn where it showed him doing a training montage, getting ready for his match. During during the Finn versus Cross, like video package they showed some of that stuff but after that ended we went to finn balor who uh, talked okay, about okay. i think i missed that that's why his shit um uh, and yeah and then we had the uh the battle royal with the final six members getting their spots in the gauntlet eliminator so what are you swallowing from nxt this week i think almost everything i don't think there was a single miss on this show uh I, I'm starting to sound like a fucking mark for NXT. Granted, I do have the NXT like takeover Chicago. See, this like- is why I'm glad next week we're going to do a separate NXT takeover <laughs> show where we just talk about the two nights of takeover. And then next week on our normal show on Friday, it'll be Raw, SmackDown, and AEW with uh, a couple other things mixed in there. So look forward to that next week, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to get two episodes of the Smackin' Raw podcast. A Two night review twice next week. of Stand and Deliver, and then a Raw AEW SmackDown show. So you get us twice next week because every week I'm like, "Oh, what did you guys swallow from NXT?" You guys are like, "Everything." Let's talk about everything. And it's like, <laughs> "Fuck!" The whole point of this is to not talk about everything. Let's talk about what we loved and what we didn't. To love. be fair, I feel like we're making amazing time with the new format, Matt. I agree. So uh, we don't have to right. talk about everything, though. I do love Cameron Grimes still trying to partner up with Roddy, still trying to push this. Um, he did the Cameron Grimes music mixed with the Undisputed Era music. He had the T-shirt made, which was fantastic. Um, and then Roddy just like I don't I don't get Roddy. Like you have no friends anymore. This guy's here. He's offering you gold, and he just gets pissed off, and then loses the Cameron Grimes on top of it and quits. Like. I feel like like Roddy is Squidward and Cameron Grimes is SpongeBob annoyingly like trying to be his friend next door. And I think that's the dynamic here. It's SpongeBob and Squidward. And unfortunately, I'm loving Cameron Grimes. I want to be friends with Cameron Grimes. He's got money. He can pay for dinner. He can buy me a PS5. He can buy me a new apartment. He can get me a new car. Like anything for money. Like why wouldn't you want to be friends with Cameron Grant? He wants to revive and keep the Undisputed Era brand alive. Why wouldn't you want What that? did he rebrand it? 
It was Grime something. Ah, fuck. I have to go back and watch it. I God damn it, it, Vince. God damn it. You got one job. You're the one that takes the notes, too. Yeah, I know. And I've got to take notes for four shows. So when I need you to fill in something, that's what you got to do. And if it's NXT, I expect you to have everything I need for NXT. It's the one show. The one show. We talked about this. I know. I'm dropping the ball. I'm dropping the ball. We're not going to uh, talk unless there was a specific video package that you really enjoy that you want to get into. We're just not going to talk about the video packages because all they no. are are hyping matches for stand and deliver. No, 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 no. We don't need to talk about any of them. Uh, we got a promo from Escobar. He says he basically is the cruiserweight division. Um, Facts. That Lucha Libre is the predecessor of the cruiserweight division and he is the future of Lucha Libre. Therefore, Facts. he is the division. He has an open challenge. Breeze accepts. Escobar wins the match. Breeze gets beat down after the match. MSK comes down and makes the save. And then during the standoff, the Grizzled Young Veterans are up on the screens and they stake their claim to winning their tag team match and the tag team titles come stand and deliver. Fuck, I don't know who I want to win that triple threat. GYV. MSK, I think. GYV. Yeah, we is G G what wait what G Y V God damn it. I don't know why the abbreviation fucks me up so much. But for me, I think the ranking would be MSK, Legato, and then Grizzle Young Vets. I think MSK benefits more from having GYV win this triple threat match and then getting the titles off them after a lengthy feud than they would getting the titles right now. Oh, you're 100% right, but I still uh, still think that it should be MSK to fucking win those titles. You're talking to a man that watched these as a rascal. I've met them. I've got to see them wrestle with life multiple times. I'm more invested in MSK than I am with Grizzly Young Veterans. I just want them to have gold. You thought I stand Angel Garza. God damn it. This is, this is exactly it. Just how I stand Angel Garza is how I stand the uh, fucking MSK. That's how much I want them to prosper. Anyone that I love, I want them to have every single championship and just be happy and successful in life. And that's what I want from MSK. I don't. I, you're right. They'll benefit more. But you know what they'll, they'll benefit from too? Having the championships. We did not see Jordan Devlin tonight. Who do you want to win between Jordan Devlin and Escobar in a ladder match for the Cruiserweight title? We're on opposite ends here again because you want Escobar to win, correct? Duh. I'm going back to NXT UK and I want to see Jordan fuck Devlin win. No, 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 don't fuck that. So listen to me. And I've made this point to you before, so this should not be any surprise. No, I Jordan don't. Devlin got screwed out of having his cruiserweight title run. It was supposed to happen because of COVID. There are a lot of cool things they can do with that cruiserweight title over in NXT UK. Should he take it back over there? Jordan Devlin's also Finn Balor's protege who's talented as all hell, despite some of the misgivings that we may have in his personal life, which apparently is just about eight, half the roster between NXT and NXT UK. So like mm-hmm. you just basically cancel everyone. Um, allegations. Um, but Santos Escobar losing the Cruiserweight title allows Santos Escobar to move on to the North American title or maybe even the world title. Like he has that in him to where he doesn't need to be trapped in the 205 live cruiserweight division and on nxt those are all possibilities so i would rather see devlin carry that championship and unify those titles and move escobar on to something bigger and better 
than have Escobar stuck as cruiserweight champion and just send Devlin back to NXT UK. I like how you're trying to frame it as Devlin being champion. It's going to do so much. It's like, it's such a good thing for Devlin to be champion, but you make it sound like Santos Escobar being champion. It's like, he's being trapped. He's being oppressed by being champion. Like what? Like what? That's kind of what it sounds like. Like that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. So here's the thing. No, Escobar has done everything he can do for the cruiserweight division in this run. If he beats Devlin, there is nothing he is going to gain from continuing to be cruiserweight champion going forward. Devlin has not fought anyone in that cruiserweight division as champion other than Escobar and uh, whoever he beat to become champion and one or two matches he's had in NXT UK. I don't want to talk about who he beat. Yeah, exactly. And one or two matches he's had in NXT UK. So Devlin earns more from having a run as champion than Escobar, who really has no one else to compete against for that title. If Escobar loses, we get to see Escobar compete for the North American title or the NXT title. Devlin losing this doesn't gain anything from losing this other than going back to NXT UK. Matt, you make fantastic points. All of them are great points, but you're still wrong. Since Escobar <laughs> should always stay champion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you don't want to see Santos Escobar elevated and move on to do I want him to win all the belts. I want uh -huh. him to be the Triple H meme and have every single championship. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. You don't want to you don't want to see good things for Santos Escobar. You just want to see him be cruiserweight champion. You know what? We'll take him off NXT. He'll just exclusively be on 205 Live. <laughs> Whatever. Moving uh, on. We got the way defeating Gigi Dolan and uh Zayda Ramir. Um, I'm not familiar with Zayda Ramir. Obviously, Gigi Dolan, we know. Um wasn't the best match in my opinion didn't nope. definitely look like uh the quote-unquote jobbers here need a little more seasoning um it it had its good points but it also had its rough points big thing for me here and why i'm swallowing it is the way named the time and place and it's going to be at stand and deliver and the fire pit accepted and then <laughs> you know for every all the shit that you know people give shotzi for howling or Ember for not having a great promo. And don't get me wrong. Ember doesn't have a great promo. No. But Ember has a better promo than, like, let's say what we got from Cesaro. Like, yeah, <laughs> he can talk. She may not have zingers and one-liners and be someone that you can't wait to hear on the mic. But she, in my opinion, she's not terrible. And she, again, is one of the best in-ring competitors in that women's division across all three brands, hands down. And Indy got popped with the dildo launcher, which I absolutely loved. Of course he did. Shotzi. Swallowing Shotzi. Seven days a week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> Can't disagree with you there, man. You got anything or no? You moving on. No, let's let's go ahead. Uh you want to talk about Roddy quitting? No, I think we already talked about it. Well, we just said he quit, but like he was supposed yeah. to be the gauntlet em eliminator. He did not show up, so it was eleven instead of a twelve man. We have no idea what's going on with Roddy going if forward. If he if he wanted us to talk about him, he wouldn't have quit. <laughs> Jan Gonzalez uh, gets confronted by EO and takes her out on her way to her match against Zoe Stark, where she defeats Zoe Stark, and then EO attacks Gonzalez again after the match and gets dropped. And then EO attacks Gonzalez in the hallway and gets put through a wall and just keeps trying to attack Gonzalez and gets fucked up until the very end of the night where EO calls out the giant 
Uh, we got a big pull apart in a brawl that ends with EO going off the top rope into the pile of women and laying out giant Gonzalez and standing tall going into stand and deliver my money. Well, first off my money's on the fire pit to defeat the way. And my money is on giant Gonzalez walking out NXT women's champion. This is the first time since she's won the title where I am afraid that EO's actually going to drop it. Cause she put her uh, through a fucking wall. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get put through a wall like that and not not like lose confidence in that wrestler, you know. <laughs> Shit, when 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 Shayna stuffed Dakota Kai in the locker, I'm like, oh well, fuck Dakota Kai, she's not winning nothing anytime soon. You know, you just kind of like lose confidence in someone. You know, trust me, I'm a Bulls fan. I've lost confidence in people. I'm a Bears uh, fan. I've lost confidence in people. Well, I was a Bears fan. Yeah. I lost confidence. I'm no longer yeah. a Bears fan. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I want. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he retains. But man, it doesn't look good for you. My money's on. My money's on the giant baby. I don't want to put my money on this one. <laughs> uh, as Reek would call her, Miss Pardon My Back walks out. Pardon my. <laughs> that poses something, man. She needs to change that up. I'm not feeling it um then we got team ninja so it was supposed to be team ninja they announced the team ninja versus tian sha so because this was a tag team match this led me to believe that tian sha whether it was boa or whether it was mei ling whoever teamed with xia lee in this tag team match that told us that the group is tian sha not the alternate personality of mei ying not you know we had a bunch of different theories of who yeah, tian sha yeah. was because it was very so this kind of solidified for me Tian Sha is the name of the group that Mei Ying created that features Zaya and Boa. Now, Zaya went into that match on her own in a two-on-one handicap tag team match. Um, Caden Carter decides to go and get in Mei Ying's face and gets poison, like poison breath? I don't fucking know. Poison powder? Cool. Like, I was going to say, the fucking Venomoth over here with the poison powder. Like... <laughs> Oh, man. Laser the fuck out. Xia Lee hits the too. finisher, wins the match, defeating Casey. And poor Caden Carter is just left uh, KO'd, needs to go to the Pokemon Center to be revived. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, it was it was solid. Made, uh, made Zaya look like a badass. Made Zaya look like a badass. We're getting more from Mei Ying, which I absolutely love. Um, the entrance is phenomenal. It's a spectacle. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. I um, think the last entrance that was that great was Alistair's. Yeah. That 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 is also a spectacle that we're never gonna see again. Um, you want to talk about Frankie? So we we're following this little, I'm assuming it was either like a miniature husky or a Pomeranian. We're following this dog as it runs all around the performance center and it runs up to a pair of uh high heels. And then it says April 13th, Frankie debuts. I believe the going theory is Frankie is Taya Valkyrie. And this is confirmation that this is Taya Valkyrie's new name. Could be. Makes sense. Honestly, I maybe I wasn't looking at the screen, but I didn't see Frankie. That's why when you're, when you're mentioning Frankie, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? But then you talked about the dog. I'm like, oh, that's what he's talking about. No, the dog isn't Frankie. Frankie is the woman debuting yeah, yeah, on yeah. April 13th. Um, it could be Taya. 
It might be Taya. I feel like I've seen Taya with that puck. That's why I think that's the prevailing theory is yeah. that's Taya Valkyrie. Okay, with Frankie. It. Yeah, let's go with it. I'm, I'm all about it. Now, the question is, does she debut as a baby face or a heel? Because coming off of her big win at Stand and Deliver, Miss Pardon My Back, Giant Gonzalez, holding that NXT title, that's a hell of a first feud right there is having Taya Valkyrie step up to the challenge. I think what they're doing with, uh, with Gonzalez is they're going to slowly have her win the title, and then she's going to feud with Dakota Kai. Ty's going to turn on Gonzalez. Gonzalez is going to be a pure on baby face, kind of like what they were doing with Rhea Ripley. Dakota Kai is going to be the heel to get the heat on her, on her. And then Ty, and then uh, Ty Valkyrie, Frankie, whatever. She's going to be a heel. She works better as a heel, honestly. Like I've seen, I haven't seen too much of her work, but I've seen her in person live. And I've also been able to see some of her impact stuff. So I know for a fact that heel Taya is best Taya. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I do want to talk about the Ciampa promo because we we talked last week about how Ciampa had that necklace ripped from his neck and he talked about how he was given that before going into neck surgery from his wife and his daughter and why it was so important to him. He also talks about chasing the dragon, which I don't know if you know this, but is a euphemism for heroin, um, but also just like addiction. Like he's saying this is his wrestling addiction. He's chasing that high. He's chasing the dragon. He says he's going to chop Walter's head off. And he says, everyone that, you know, he loves everyone that stuck with him and supported him. And he's going to show them that that Ciampa is still there. The psycho killer is still there. We'll see that at Stand and Deliver. Hopefully he shaves his head. I think that's what he needs to do. Uh, And he's fighting for something. He's not a man fighting for nothing. This This is the first time I've seen Ciampa be very enthusiastic about anything in a good while now. So this is actually what Ciampa needed, something like to just sink his teeth into. It's one of the matches I'm most looking forward to. I agree. Um, Last but not least, Gauntlet Eliminator. Um, Our final six are Leon Ruff coming coming in first. Swerve coming in second, Bronson Reed coming in third, Cameron Grimes coming in fourth, Loomis coming in fifth, and LA Knight is the final entrant in the Gauntlet Eliminator to determine who is going to face Johnny Gargano on night two of Stand and Deliver. My money is on Dexter Loomis. Yes. Dexter Loomis was money this entire battle royal because he just stood there looking... (laughs) sexy yet intimidating nobody really fucked with them la knight went over there and talked a little shit but didn't really fuck with them speaking of speaking of dexter lumens did you see uh indy hartwell tweet uh, like a screenshot of him commenting on her post saying nice elbow and she's like fangirling about it mm-hmm. oh my gosh i fucking love it he bought his time he went in he helped him eliminate bronson reed Cameron Grimes at the end when it's those final three is trying to pay them off. He's like, here, you take this stack of money and you take the stack of money and you both just jump out. Mm-hmm. And LA Knight looked like, he's like, you know what? That's, that's not a bad offer. What do you think? <laughs> and then Dexter got rid of Cameron Grimes and attacked Cameron Grimes. And then we got those two fighting, which led to LA Knight winning the battle Royal. So big debut win lost to Bronson Reed, big win in the gauntlet eliminator uh, for LA Knight. Up and downs, up and downs with LA Knights. Uh, I thought the match overall was pretty good. 
Uh, my original favorite was Pete Dunn because I thought, like, why not put the title on Pete Dunn? Pete Dunn didn't even make it. Didn't even make it. But I love the way they fucking did it. Was uh, the having the hoverboard lock locked in on Pete Dunn and both Kushida and Pete Dunn being eliminated. You kind of had kind of like planted the seeds for this beforehand uh, with the whole like Pete Dunn Kushida interaction, and it led to like this intense thing. I loved how this one match built up another singles match that I'm very excited for at Takeover. Kushida and they did announce that we're gonna get that match at Takeover. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. My only thing was uh, at first I was like, I really love that everyone that's in the Scotland Gauntlet Eliminator is new, has never been at North American Champion, and then I remembered, oh wait, yes, Leon Ruff has. So it's not all fresh talent, but well, almost all fresh talent. Well, Leon Ruff, though, like yes, he was North American Champion, but did we really expect him to be? Like, I feel like he's slowly creeping his way up into that North American sta- North American title status. He, I think he's just one of those guys that he can be champion again and again, and we won't really be upset about. Yeah. NXT spit or swallow. Um, I'm actually gonna swallow NXT. So. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> as of my best show of the week nxc thank you as it a lot be. to swallow here not i there's nothing i'd really spit um yeah i think- I, I could do without all of the video packages but i get the reason for them mm-hmm. um, it's the go home show if it and the prep target show. stuff was great like it always yeah. is like that stuff's good but and like you said it's go home show um vince speaking yes. of prime target colin o'reilly Yes. So, oh, sorry. I thought you froze there for a second. You just weren't doing anything. I was like, so with with Adam oh, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly just going to this bitter feud, two best friends turned rivals. I want to take a, ch- a chance to go ahead and count down my six favorite best friends turned into rivals feuds in general. You know, what are you, what are you calling this segment? Uh, we're going to be calling it Vince's SCS 6. So it's kind of like a countdown similar to the top 5, top 10, but it's a nice little sweet spot 6. It rhymes better with 6. It just flows off the tongue. And 6 is just my favorite number in general. I, I, I personally like Vince's uh, 6 star picks. Uh, so let us know what you like better. Vince's 6 star picks, which will be 6 picks mm-hmm. or Vince's SES six, even though he's not SES Vince anymore. See, see, you know what? SES is still my handle everywhere. I'm still SES Vince. Matt just refuses to call me that just because I no longer fall into the straighter society category. You gotta live the gimmick. If you don't live the gimmick, if you don't tell people, I they they wouldn't know. Live the gimmick, not lie to our not lie to our listeners. Are you trying to tell me the Undertaker is really a dead man? Yes. Stop it. Well, with that being said, I'll start off with the number one on the list. Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Festival of Friendship was one of the best uh, breakups of a tag team in general. The feud itself wasn't the best. The WrestleMania match probably was hurt by the fact that it wasn't for Kevin Owens' universal title, which is what the whole like tension between the two guys initially started. Oldberg came in, fucked everything up, it, and it turned out to be for Chris Jericho's U.S. title. Regardless, that breakup was fantastic. I want to clarify just to make sure everyone understands. Vince is counting down his six picks for best friend breakups in honor of going into Stand and Deliver next week. Yes. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole's breakup slash feud. Mm -hmm. So this is six 
Yes. Best friends who broke up and feuded. Number six, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Exactly. Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens. Obviously, for the Festival of Friendship segment alone was one of the best segments that I have watched. And again, just to clarify, these are my six that I lived through that I liked. You guys are more than welcome to go into the comment section, both in YouTube and Pornhub. Let us know who you think would be your six favorite feuds or just favorite feud in general. Or just tweet at us at the show or my personal Twitter. Uh, next up, number five, I have Sasha Banks and Bailey. Not only the, their main roster feud that they just recently had, but their NXT feud that they had, this their NXT Takeover Brooklyn match to this day has been uh, has been talked about by other women's wrestlers, saying that match inspired me to be a women's wrestler. That inspired me to join pro wrestling and actually take this on. Then they were the first women to main event a Takeover, which to this day, they kind of like set the precedent for. Like, are they the best feud? No, no. But I'm just saying these are my favorite feuds. Especially- and then they gave me blue balls for 14 years before they actually had the big breakup. No, no. This is most. This is, this is mostly about their NXT feud. I understand that. I'm just saying, as best friends who broke up, I spent like four years waiting for this. They teased me and they teased me and they teased me and they edged me and they edged me and they edged me. And then finally, they let me blow my load just last year. Well, to be fair, that's some people's kinks. And we don't kink shame around here, man. We don't, but it's not my kink. <laughs> Number three, uh, going back to NXT, and probably one of the first original best friends turned rival feud, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn wins the NXT title the same night Kevin Owens debuts on NXT TakeOver He's the first one to congratulate Sami Zayn after he wins the title and then decimates him, hitting him with a pop-up powerbomb on the apron, the hardest part of the ring. Uh, Shout out there. Uh, So I thought that in general was one of the most intense feuds in NXT. And then even on the main roster, sometimes it was hit or miss, but the match was always, always good. I'm not sure if it was payback or battleground, but they had probably match of the year at that point. And also... They're going to do it again at WrestleMania. And I've always wanted to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And the fact that Sami Zayn's the heel and Kevin Owens is the babyface leaning into this WrestleMania could be very interesting. The match is going to be really good. And just their NXT feud alone specifically is what makes making their, their spot in this list. Uh, next up, we have Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and the whole summer debacle. A lot of people like to give it a flag because of the whole custody of Dominic stuff at SummerSlam. Dominic on a pole match. <laughs> but but the match itself was great. The feud and the story was fantastic. This was Eddie's second to last feud before his passing. So I'm a little bit more invested into it. And this is when I became a huge hardcore wrestling fan and I was watching on a weekly basis. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio tore the house down at WrestleMania 21, and this kind of led into a dark path. Eddie wanted to get one win over Rey Mysterio, and that he let that ruin their friendship, cost them the tag team titles, and his beatdown on Rey Mysterio is one of the most gruesome beatdowns I've seen by any man towards his best friend. So I, th- and when it comes to best friends turning to better rivals, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio is clearly up there for me. Um... Next up, number two, if I'm doing my math correctly, we just talked about both these men. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. 
I was there live in person when Tommaso Ciampa threw Johnny Gargano through the Titantron, like LED, whatever thing. Uh, at, at some points in this feud, towards the end, it felt like it was overkill. But the way these two guys came about, two random singles guys that just were thrust, <laughs> thrusted into a tag team in the Dusty Cup. Then they became best friends. They struggled. They became DIY. They eventually prospered into being one of the best tag teams in NXT, then turning on each other. That feud catapulted them to being one of the most mainstays in NXT right now. Right now, you can't think of NXT without Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. That feud alone made them bigger stars than they were beforehand. Uh, Number one can only be one of two things. And I... And I have two feuds in my head that I feel should have made this list. And I can guess which one didn't make the list. Uh-huh. Um, Do you want me to give you number one before? No, no, no. I, I want to talk about the one that didn't make the list. Because if this if this is your number one, I'll be highly surprised. Uh, because you've called this man mid at best. But we just saw the implosion of Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, which I do feel like deserves a spot on this list after they proved you wrong <laughs> on Sheamus as a singles wrestler and turned your perspective of this man around that that feud should have been considered. And uh, am I correct in saying it's not your number one pick? It is not my number one pick. It was going to get an honorable mention before the number one pick okay? because it is in recent memory. It was fantastic. However, it didn't have the longevity of all these other few yet yet had like, it's still early on. Maybe if they go ahead and revisit Seamus, Drew McIntyre, this could be in that list. And I might bump out Sasha and Bailey. Cause no offense, you know, like the intensity of Sheamus and Drew was just more high. Why than... would you not bump out Kevin Owens and Jericho when they're number? Oh yeah, six? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I. Bump <laughs> sorry. He's like, I'm gonna kick out my number five. Fuck it. Um, but with that being said, number one, it's gotta be Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. It's gotta be Triple gotta H. Gotta be Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. The the founding members of the Generation X. Shawn Michaels leaves because of injury. Triple H grabs the ball and runs with it, forms a DX army. Shawn Michaels later comes back. We look like we're going to get a DX reunion. Triple H says, fuck no to that. And we have one of the best feuds in the early 2000s. Fucking fantastic. That SummerSlam match to this day is one of my favorite matches. That, uh, what was it? Like that three stages of hell match that they had, their Hell in a Cell match. The triple threat match with uh, Benoit at both uh, Mania and Backlash. I know. Uh, he who shall not be named. Voldemort. Let's call him Voldemort. No. Nope. No? No. Okay. Well, with that guy, uh, that match was great. Like, I thought this feud was fantastic. So much so that unlike any other, uh, like, feud in this list, this was actually a showcase mode. In WWE 2K14. So they, they had their own video game reenactment on theirs, which kind of has to put it at number one. And I agree with your number one pick. And I want to remind everyone that Vince's picks are based on things that Vince watched during his time as a wrestling fan. So things exactly. that he was not alive for because he's a child, like the mega powers imploding, things like that, were not included on the list. And that is why. 
So if yeah. you're like, oh, how was the mega uh, Vince is 12, so he didn't get to see that shit. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Also, you know, shout out to Shawn Michaels and Martin Gennetti. Uh, even though I didn't watch it, it's made such a great impact that now everybody's like, who's the Shawn Michaels, who's the Martin Gennetti. And if they want to bitch at you, Vince, where can they find you on Twitter and Instagram to uh, tell them how they feel about your either six-star picks or SES6? SES6. Six. Uh, SES six just rolls right off the tongue a little bit more. Go to six star picks. Anywho, you can go ahead and follow me at SES Vince on Twitter and Instagram. You can go ahead and follow the show's Instagram page at Smackin' Raw Pod. That's uh, we'll go ahead and maybe we'll make a poll there. We'll see what happens. Also, don't you have a, a federation called Six Star Wrestling? that this would also kind of plug. And if you made yourself six-star Vince instead of SES Vince, we could tie all that in together. Neither here nor there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just snowballing here. Um, no, 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 no. Go on. Just go saying. On. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Inst- or Twitter only at Matt Ritter. That is that M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. You guys can follow the show on Twitter at Smackin' Raw Pod. Also, Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Smackin' Raw. Come check us out. Very relaxed, very chill group there on Facebook. Um, we have chats. Uh, if you're interested in doing that for every show, jump mm-hmm. in, start conversations. We block and get rid of all of the negativity. Uh, Travis and I moderate that ourselves. So if you guys like us, that's the kind of content you're going to get. Also, the Creation World, the banner under which Smackin' Raw exists. Um, go check them out, Twitter and Instagram at the Creation World. That's T-H-E-C-R-E-A-T-I-A facebook.com slash creation world and then also we have super flash year of tomorrow which is back that is facebook.com slash super flash year of tomorrow and that'll get you links to that show if you are a fan of the cw dc universe and also coming very 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 soon finally do you even know what i'm talking about oh i know what you're talking about dungeons after dark hell yeah i seen the google calendar i know what's up yes Dungeons After Dark will be coming. So if you are a Dungeons and Dragons fan or you just want to hear me be completely ridiculous and talk about mythical penises and fucking unicorns, come by and check that out because that'll Who be fun. Who wouldn't want to? Who would Exactly. Want to? Other than that, I've got nothing else, Vince. How about you? Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Create Your World. Go ahead and subscribe over well, there. All of those links are at Matt Ritter. You guys can go there and check that out. Follow the link tree. Go to the Pornhub go to the youtube please subscribe to the youtube channel i agree uh let us know what you guys thought is your favorite or you think is the best best friend feud rival thing because like this is just the beast stuff you're just trying There's... to push you're just, you're just trying to push me closer and closer two hours aren't you maybe yeah maybe. <laughs> for daddy delgado i am the warden matt ritter we are smacking a raw and we are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. later y'all